As a team leader, I face new challenges every day. Fortunately, I found Teams Global. Their e-learning platform makes it easy to take hyper-relevant courses like giving and receiving feedback, ownership to action, and managing virtual teams. Teams Global allows me to learn on my schedule and at a price I can afford. Check out Teams Global today at T-E-A-M-E-S-Global.com and become the leader that your team needs you to be. Teams Global has a special gift for you, the listeners of the Building Teams podcast. Use the code PODCAST10, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T-1-0, when checking out for any Teams Global course for a 10% discount on your order. Sign up for a course today. Welcome to Building Teams with Teams & Co., where we explore how leaders can empower their teams, achieve ambitious strategies, and deliver an exceptional customer experience. Views expressed by guests are their own and may not reflect the views of Teams & Co. Welcome in, everybody, to the Building Teams with Teams & Co. podcast. I'm your host, Mike Vagalis, with my amazing co-host, Tracy Eames, and our awesome guest today, Jimmy St. Louis, the founder of Franchise 123. Jimmy, Tracy, welcome in. So excited to have this conversation. And before we get kicked off, just want to encourage all of our regular listeners and maybe everybody who's listening for the first time. Uh, while you guys are listening, if, if you're on YouTube, go ahead and, and hit us with a thumbs up, uh, subscribe to the podcast. And if you're listening to this uh, at some point after our, our live recording, if you could just do us a huge favor and go to Apple Podcasts, uh, like the podcast and leave us a five star review, we'd really appreciate it. That that really helps us out. So uh, for everybody who's who's tuning in today, welcome. We're so excited to have this podcast. Tracy, Jimmy, how you doing? Hey, great. Thanks for having me, Mike and Tracy. Uh, looking forward to this. Yeah, no, Jimmy, thanks for joining us. We are we are really thrilled. Uh, all the listeners uh, missed the pre-show kind of chit-chat. And so uh, I can tell you that we're going to have a great episode just based on our initial conversation with Jimmy. So, uh, Jimmy, welcome to the podcast. Just We always like to start off with all of our guests, just having them give us a quick background, like you know, what's been your journey as a leader? What are you doing now? And uh, we'll start there. And that way, everybody's on the same page as we are. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the chance to be on here and share a little bit about uh, about myself and my story. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's if it's unique or not, but I've had a, a pretty fun uh, career, both in athletics as well as in business. Uh, so I can kind of run through, as I say, maybe the, the Reader's Digest version, the good, the good summary yeah. of it all. Uh, yeah. Yeah, certainly feel free to interrupt as we go. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, after graduating college, I went to Auburn University and um, I graduated early. So I was working on my MBA and a master's in finance as well. And I was a two-sport athlete in college, uh, basketball and football. And uh, I just, I, although I always loved sports and having grown up in a military family, it's kind of what helped me get into you know, new friend groups as we moved around the country and around the world. For me, it was not going to be like the thing that defines me. And although mm-hmm. still at this age, I kind of carry that with me and it's, it's nice, but I knew I didn't want to do it forever. 
but I did have the chance after college to play professional football with the Tennessee Titans, and um, it was it was fun. Uh, it was a you know, great experience. To be honest, when you get to the NFL, uh, especially if you I think play in a major college program, it's actually a bit of a step down. So uh, it just huh. feels uh, maybe it's also just more of a business, um, but it just it, it wasn't quite as much fun. Um, I I knew I didn't want to make it a long career, so I was um, on and off for for a three year period and uh, gr- great time. Um, during that time in finishing up uh, my second master's, I just started to get in touch with the guys at Deutsche Bank. I knew I wanted to move up to New York and work on Wall Street. My plan was to spend five years there and to just uh, kind of drink out of a fire hose, if you will, and just get as much information as I can. Um, but uh, life kind of took me in a different direction, and it was really interesting. We were underwriting a family offices portfolio out of Dallas, Texas, and they were looking to grow into healthcare and um, went down there and spent some time with them. And at the time as an analyst, I was doing research on all these different ways to kind of revolutionize the healthcare industry, if you will. And um, I ended up actually jumping ship from Deutsche pretty early, about a year and a half in Mm. uh, to start a uh, spine surgery clinic, if you will. And we did it a little bit different. We, um, you know, like in healthcare, if you are going to go see a doctor, you typically operate off of a referral because they're in your network and that's how insurance pays for it. We flipped that model upside down. So we opted out of insurance. We created this unique procedure that was highly effective. And then we marketed direct to consumer. So a little fun fact, we were actually the first healthcare company to market direct to consumer through Google AdWords um, back in the early early thousands. It's a much different world. You couldn't start where we started then now. Everyone's doing it that way. We were the first ones to do it. And so we would market, you know, say to you, Mike, if you needed spine surgery and you're on there trying to find the best doctors, you would see our advertisements, you would get in Mm -hmm. touch with us. And then you would fly in for a procedure. And um, within about a five-year period, we grew that to about 1,500 employees. And although the the concept was unique, the most fun that I had that I think is relevant for the listeners here is we just built this incredible culture, just kind of like that, that tribal leadership, you know, that highest level where people would just defend that company till they die because mm-hmm. we just provided so much opportunity for them. And what I'm most proud of in, in that company, before we go on to the next thing, is um, we just built this great leadership team. And if you look at that team now, they're running over 30 different healthcare operations. Um, wow. You know, and we just built out this awesome mentorship program, this ability to train people and give people what I think was an opportunity of a lifetime and help them seize the moments. We've got people out there running surgery centers and hospitals and insurance companies and it's just a really it's very rewarding uh, thing that we had the chance to be a part of there that's amazing yeah sorry keep, keep going jimmy yeah okay yeah great so uh, so after that we uh i, I sold uh my uh shares in that company and started a healthcare consulting company called advanced healthcare partners uh it was my goal at the time to try to find the next opportunity in, in healthcare. So what we did was we engaged with a number of different uniquely positioned healthcare concepts. And we brought our sales and marketing model in and our customer service meets healthcare model in. And we started to see some success with a number of different organizations. We ended up acquiring a small practice out of Miami who was doing cell-based therapy for a variety of modalities. 
and we moved them to Tampa, Florida. We started what became known as Regenerative Medicine Solutions. We opened up a network of about 15 stem cell treatment centers intended on treating uh, people's lungs. And uh, over the course of about three years, we treated about 10,000 patients. And we ended up partnering with the Mayo Clinic, and they now own that company. And uh, they are helping to run that through the, the balance of the FDA process. And that, to me, is very rewarding because we, I think, will end up having the first new novel treatment for uh, for lung disease uh, that has never existed before. So that was a really fun uh, endeavor. And not quite as big as, as the Laser Spine Company, we... Uh, grew that to about 250 employees at its peak, and um, you know, before we ended up selling it, so that was kind of that stint. And then I think to, to help understand how I got into what I'm doing now, so back in 2014, I was just doing CrossFit, trying to stay fit and enjoy myself, <laughs> and uh, I had qualified for uh, for the CrossFit Games at that year, and was yeah, it was. Um, that's a huge deal. You know, um, it would be now back then was, I mean, sure. I think it was, a, it was very competitive then, but I mean, the world's quite different now. So, uh, but yeah, I was yeah. Uh, qualified for, for the regionals and then for the games qualified for regionals a couple of years. And I don't know, it was just kind of intended to keep me fit. So, yeah, um, but it was, um, so there was this, you know, you're on the rowing machine, what we call the erg mm-hmm. and, uh, in one of the competitions, and the guy afterwards came up and said, you should think about flying up to Boston. I'd like to extend you this invite for this uh, thing called the Crash Bees, which is like uh, the World Indoor Rowing Championship, if you guys knew mm. that something like that existed. No, it did <laughs> <So> not. <laughs> basically what it is, is at, you know, at Boston University in their basketball arena, there's just hundreds of rowing machines and you enter and they've got different age groups and then they have the championship division which is open and it's typically olympic athletes uh people come in from all over the world you know the german rowing team there british rowing team cuban the u.s olympic teams there and um i finished third and so i didn't really know how to do it and so afterwards the uh the u.s coach said, look, if you want to learn the sport, I mean, you can obviously, you know, learn the sport and um, you should come and come join us at the training center. So the timing was perfect. We had just transitioned out of one company. And so I spent a year and a half out at Chula Vista and then up in Seattle uh, training to try to make the U.S. Olympic rowing team. And it was fun. Uh, I didn't again want the sport to define me, so I just did it for that year and a half. Um, got selected as an alternate for the Olympics and uh, finished third in, uh, in the double as well. And had the chance to win a couple other medals, uh, four of them, and uh, just just had a fun time doing it. Um, but so I'm, I just turned forty, uh, so you know you can do the math back then. So I'm uh, thirty four, and uh, so I'm about ten years older than everybody there, right? So it's you know you're you have some somewhat in common working on a team. I think a lot of my background was interesting to them. So I made some really great friends, but you know, these guys are fresh out of college. And so I'm sitting here thinking about, you know, I've got my family, what am I going to do next from a career perspective? And I remember exactly where I was. I was watching the today show um, at the training center and Al Roker 
walked into this studio in New York called City Row, and it's a franchise. And so that could be kind of cool. Maybe, you know, they're just getting started. Maybe I'll see if I could buy the territory rights in Florida. And I reached out to them. And within a day, uh, coincidentally, the managing partner for that company was in uh, California at the time. And we had the chance to meet and we hit it off. And I mean, I'll kind of pause there, but that's that's kind of like what got me into franchising was just this random blind dumb luck where I was out there at the training center rowing and trying to make it to the Olympics. And I've got this, um, you know, got in touch with this guy who ended up being, I mean, he's a, one of the original Domino's guys, Krispy Kreme guys, John Rachi. He just uh, kind of took me under his wing and pulled me into franchising. So um, mm. I appreciate the chance to share that story and I can pause there. If it's good for you guys. I have a bunch of questions. I have two, <laughs> two really important ones to start. One, who are you rooting for this year in the playoffs? Are you pulling for your, your guys, the Titans? Are you a Buccaneers fan? being down there in tampa yeah so believe it or not um i'm actually a green bay packers fan uh so my my dad grew up in the up 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 upper peninsula of wisconsin sure and okay uh, he uh this town called niagara wisconsin which borders iron mountain michigan and so we've been lifelong packers fans and um he also complete coincidence went to school with uh steve mariucci and tom izzo so and you know mariucci used to be a coach there at the packers so yeah um just kind of you know we had the chance to kind of be close to that program for for a number of years so yeah so i'm i'm cheering for the packers um Aaron Rodgers and i share the same birthday um my dad (laughs) did surgery on Aaron Rodgers' dad as well, so they're they're kind of family friends. So we're we're cheering for those guys to to make a run at this thing. Awesome. Well, I hope the Packers do well, and then I hope Aaron Rodgers leaves and joins my Denver Broncos. Okay, there you go. Um, there you go. Next season, but um, yeah. that is really cool. the The other thing that I really stuck at one of several things that really stuck out is you saying, you know, hey, I was a I've been a top athlete, an Olympian, an NFL. Uh, player um crossfit just like athlete is such an important part of it sounds like your background but you said consistently you know i don't want that to be the thing that defines me can you talk a little bit more about that and about how you can work so hard to achieve such athletic heights and and find your you know definition about who you really are is somewhere outside of that sure yeah thanks for that question you know i remember where i was the first time somebody said that quote, I don't want this to define me. And it, mm-hmm. uh, I had been looking for those words for like eight years and I didn't really know how to say it. I was with the top rower in the country. And uh, when I had gone to the training center, I said, look, I don't know anything about the sport, but I think if I can learn it, it could help you guys out. And we were out at lunch and I said, you know, what are your plans the next four years after this? Are you going to try to make it to Tokyo as well? And he said those words. He said, no, you know, and he had won a gold medal back um, in um, 2008 as well. He said, I don't want rowing to define who I am. And I don't want the sport to define me. I have other interests. I'm a smart guy. He graduated from Yale and he was wanted to go work on Wall Street himself. And he just said, you know, I don't want that to define me. And I said, that's exactly what I've been trying to say without, you know, with without being demotivating to people that are excited about, you know, me having the chance to do these things, family, friends, those things. So to me, 
sports were always bigger than just the accomplishment. Um, I loved to win, loved to compete, but it wasn't really about that. It was more about that kind of gave me a goal. It gave me an avenue to channel my energy. And also on top of that, I just, you know, I can have lifelong health and happiness. So that to me was, was important. And I kind of think that you have uh, a pie chart, you know, when you decide your priorities in your life and you have a finite amount of energy. And as you get Mm -hmm. older, that energy gets exerted towards other things. So when you're younger, the reality is it's perfectly okay to be selfish. I just think, you know, that you're, you're trying to find what you want to do. You certainly want to learn generosity and giving and the things that are important to you, but also it's okay for you to make life about you. Sports, hobbies, school. I mean, the reality is you're trying to figure out how you want to pave the path for your future. And so mm-hmm. at a young age, uh, it made perfect sense. That was my outlet sports were, uh, but really what it was, was it gave me the chance when we're moving around the country to meet new people and to, you know, if you end up being good at it, then you help other people get some good memories also. And that was kind of how I looked at sports. Um, even with, uh, even with football, there was a time at year three, it's like, okay, I'm not going to make this a 10 year career. And if I continue to do this, I'm going to be in my early thirties sitting in a room trying to get a job with people in their early twenties. And I'm just going to be behind. It just, it didn't really interest me from that perspective. So I felt like I took it as far as I should and then moved on to, you know, the next thing. So to me, sports taught me a lot and it's still critical to who I am, but I don't get stuck in the, uh, my team has to win. Um, I'm miserable if they don't, you know, um, I need to be out there competing and doing something. Competing is fun, but it's more of just a, it's, it's a fitness and a mental health, um, tool for me at this point in time. Yeah, that's awesome. And now let's hear about the wonderful people that support this podcast. Are you spending more time managing your accounting than you are managing your team? Maybe it's time to bring on a professional to help you. Michelle Trotz and her team are an accounting and consulting firm that specializes in contract accounting, outsourced CFO and consulting services. They give you the time that you need to focus on operating your organization. Give the Michelle Trotz CPA, CFE, PLLC firm a call today to schedule your free consultation at 828-280-2530. Again, that's 828-280-2530. You don't have to run your organization alone. Michelle Trotz is your partner in accounting. Jimmy, one of the things that, and we were talking about this a little bit before, is one of the reasons we were so excited to have you on the podcast was the idea of franchises, right? Because we we don't talk a lot about franchises on this podcast, but we we want to have this broader appeal to leaders in terms of, you know, leading teams is a universal thing we all have to kind of accomplish if we're building a business. Um, we want to make sure that we're representing a lot of different organizations and, and teams in that. And we know oftentimes franchises have unique kind of challenges around, you know, multiple locations and how do you build that culture? And so anyway, 
Long story short to say that one of the reasons we wanted to, you know, give you some time at the beginning around introductions is because, you know, we're really excited that you've led lots of different types of teams. We think that this conversation is going to be great because while we were thinking about it in in one frame of mind, there's this wealth of experience and, um, you know, we'll also get all of our sports analogies because we we use them all the time. So <laughs> you can uh, you can help throw, throw a few more in there for us. But, um, you know, as I sort of think about your, you know, your kind of your theme of your career and, and talking through it, one of the one of the things that we think about and, and you said you built a 1500 person team and organization is obviously that's really exciting, but it has to start at a, at a strong foundation. Right. And there's so many parallels between a sports team and, and business teams in terms of a, a lot of the things you say, right? You you set a shared goal, you have to work towards that goal, you sort of have a playbook, right? That you all are kind of operating within the same system to say, hey, this is what success looks like for us. Here's each of our roles, right? We're not gonna all be the quarterback, but you know, we we have to have some different roles within there to be successful. And and so as as you sort of think about setting the foundation for a strong team, with all of your different experiences, is how do you think about that? How do you think about as a leader, how do I build a strong team and what role do you play in in helping that team succeed? Sure. Um, you know, it, it, it's interesting because as you mentioned, like growing a company of 1,500 people, um, that sounds good and that's fun, but that's a that's such a different world, right? That's not really like that. That's not where I actually am the most proud of. To me, it's the smaller teams that you build and then those tentacles where you help people grow into something that they've never thought they could become. And mm-hmm. I can think of a handful of people now who, no matter what company I move to, they will follow because of that. But I encourage them not to because they should be doing their own thing, doing what I'm doing. And uh, to me, I think it really boils down to I'm a mission-driven leader. So when I start something or get involved in something, I've got to love the mission first. There's going to be times during a startup where things are hard, you don't like it, you know, there's you're having staffing issues, customer issues, marketing issues, money issues. And if you don't love what you're doing, you're just not going to be able to power through that stuff. Those things, when it's hard, you've got to be able to have your eye on the prize from that perspective. So I really believe first and you start with a mission. So whether it was the healthcare companies or what we're doing now in franchising, our mission now is to make sure that franchises are more accessible and that you give franchisors the chance to gain access to a wider pool of franchisees and you give franchisees the chance to see the entire landscape, kind of like Zillow, right? So that's, that's what we kind of created here, where we want to give people that entire landscape so now they have the chance to see the entire market and make the best decision and really increase the likelihood of success. So the team that I've built now understands that. They understand that this isn't, just a job where we're trying to sell franchises. What we're really trying to do is to help people realize the American dream. We're trying to give people that access to have the chance to be in, to be in business as in franchising for yourself and not by yourself and give them the tools to be really, really successful at that. So since I'm a mission-driven leader, everyone we talk to and everyone we hire we want to be sure they understand that. We want to be sure that they love that, right? So are you are you passionate about helping people get into business? Are you passionate about helping them stay in business? Are you passionate about helping them achieve their dreams and be successful? Although that stuff may sound like common sense, 
you can snip it out if somebody isn't really passionate about that, right? I, mm-hmm. I mean, so of course, I also don't think there's anything wrong with people saying, look, I'd like to make money, but I'd like to make money doing something really good for the world. And this is a mission I can get behind. Yeah. So I think that's, that's critical. And then actually talk about from a technical perspective, what we do for our team building. So as we start with the mission, then we then define our values. So I kind of define values as like, I'm in this room, there's four walls. Each one of those walls is a different value. When I step beyond this wall, it's no longer a safe place. So I can rely on those values to help guide me on everything I do in business. So if I'm ever faced with a difficult question, the answer is comes with an, is it aligned to my values and or is it not? So for one thing we've done actually from a technical perspective that I think is helpful, we've done this in all of our companies, as we define our values, so say one's giving back, one is pushing the status quo, you know, one is be fun to be around, right? So now each of those different values, what we do is we actually have people, teammates nominate somebody to be the lead of that values committee. Hmm. And then that values committee decides what to do with that. And so now you've got people engaged in something that's bigger than just the company's mission. You've got them looking beyond and you're able to improve retention and give people just a bigger sense of purpose. So if I was to share what that means, so for example, on our giving back committee, every year the lead of that committee would decide a different charity that we're going to give back to. They would decide the amount of free hours that the company is going to give the teammates to participate with that. Um, on the be fun to be around, that's like the team building aspect of things. So that's you know that's that's your party planner. That's the after hours, happy hours. That's the uh, the Monday morning kickoff meetings. That's the funny videos that people send around. You know that's the dress dress up and dress down days at work. That's this type of stuff that creates culture from my perspective. And then they're enjoying work they're loving it they have something fun to look forward to and we're giving them an environment that they probably could not have found somewhere else and then that allows them to stay hyper focused on the mission and the bigger thing that we're trying to accomplish Um, so to me that's kind of how then these cultures take on a life of their own you guide them towards values and now people come in every single day they know what to expect they know we're a values-driven organization and Ultimately, uh, that to us has created these great working environments and uh, a high level of retention for all of our companies. I'd love to dig a little bit more into the development of mission and values. Um, That's something that we focus on a lot uh, is is helping organizations set appropriate missions, visions, and and values. Do you find that a lot of that comes from you as as a leader or, or how do you engage the team and and think about your customers and consider all the different stakeholders that your organization impacts as you're developing those really foundational sort of North star statements. Yeah. You know, I think, um, so from a technical perspective, I use strategy maps. That was kind of a mm-hmm. spinoff from a Harvard business review, you know, a balanced scorecard. Mm-hmm. And so when we first are launching and or revisiting our values and our mission, I circulate that and people kind of go through the exercise independently. Um, and they're not asked to send that back. They're just asked to bring their thoughts to, to our meetings. And mm-hmm. um, once a year, we do these summits where we would go somewhere with the leadership team, uh, somewhere fun. And uh, we break away for a full day and we 
dive in deep and then we do some type of fun team building or a hike or something outdoors all together um, and we finish, we commence that with finalizing what does the next year look like um, mm-hmm. so we use we use uh, strategy maps but ultimately it's it's your job as the leader and the founder to decide what those things are so mm-hmm. one thing that when we would revisit values give the team the chance to revisit the values but it always lands on okay, what we're really doing is we're revisiting objectives, right? We're looking at the company objectives, but you can see that, I mean, the values are so far intertwined in your organization, those are never going to change, right? And they are not, you know, it's not a value of something that's going to drive monetary value to the company directly. Like I said, it's giving back, it's being fun to be around, it's pushing the status quo. You know, those are things that define the type of people that we're looking to to hire. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say in developing those things, you know, I think most listeners, of course, are going to understand this. I mean, the mission is is the journey. The vision is what sits at the top of the hill where you're trying to get to. And we just try to keep those things as simple as possible. I don't like vision statements or mission statements to be investor uh, or customer facing. I like them to be internal facing. And that way you don't have to wordsmith a whole bunch of things. And it's okay to just say, you know, What's your, you know, what's your vision? It's to enable yeah. people, right? And or it's in, to enable opportunity, and those things make sense. Um, that way, people understand it's true and genuine, and it's uh, it's it's real to who we are. Now that's that's great, Jimmy. I I think you know as we as we sort of thought think about them, one of the one of the ways we speak about it at Teams and Co is, you know, if you have that alignment in the beginning with vision and mission and values, you're able to kind of adjust easier, right? So if you kind of use the analogy of you know, people going in every direction, they don't, they're not aligned on, on mission, vision, values. Before you change course, you have to bring everybody back together, right? So is it easier to change course if you're all going in the same direction? Or is it easier to change course if everybody has their own direction? And, and that's where we see that value, right? As, as teams start to speak about, we want to be more agile, we want to pivot, we want to do all these things. Um, actually having that alignment up front helps you do that and helps you change course together. But uh, the reason I say all this is I, I think you, you know, as you tell your story is you've had an incredible career where you have pivoted and you've pivoted into some pretty unique places and, and taken advantage of some unique opportunities. And, and how do you sort of think about that as a leader? How do you, I mean, we're all, we're all navigating so, so much change. We will probably continue to keep navigating change. And, and how do you do that? How do you think about that from a leadership perspective, from a personal perspective? Uh, what's your, what's your approach to change? Yeah, so I think if there's ever a pivot, either in career and or looking to 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 sell a company and build something new, that mission driven thought process is is important to me. So to me, I always start with, does this help people? Right? Are we addressing a real need? Um, and that's really what it is. When someone looks at market opportunity, I mean, what they're really saying is people need this, right? There's, there's, there's a gap in the market and some, this is a need or there's a pain point and there's frustration. This can be improved. So this is a need. Um, if I can feel good that we're helping people, uh, whether it was with the couple of healthcare companies or what we're doing in franchising with the ability to give people access to something that they may never may have never had access to before, it can help them accomplish their goals, their you know, their mission, their dreams. That's that's really important to me. 
that's what's fun because then you get to build a bigger base of friends and you get the chance to feel rewarded and you feel good about what you do every single night. Um, so different than I think like a lot of the franchise market, which is an area where we just are really working to change. We don't have a, our platform is built. We don't have a dog in the fight for what somebody invests in. We want to be sure they're qualified and they're good. And we want to give them all the information and to guide them and have them go through the exercises. But we want them to select something that's really, truly a perfect fit that they're passionate about. And that's a problem in the industry right now, where if you work with certain groups, they only have a small pool of companies to direct you to. Right Now, as a buyer, you're just kind of like, how do I... I don't trust this. I don't know yeah. if what they're trying to sell me is the right thing. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So you know. So that's kind of where where we are in terms of where I am in terms of pivoting. I think it just needs to be something that you can really get behind. And for me, it's just um, if I can make it a little more personal and I can be passionate or even upset at a problem that's going on, then I think you know, I can really get behind it and uh, be really driven and motivated sometimes i use a little bit of uh, you know i feel a little upset about you know somebody's being wronged here so we got to fix this thing but that really helps uh, kind of light that fire for me awesome yeah i think i i resonate with that so strongly jimmy our our, our listeners will know um i'm the founder of uh new startup called keepsake tales right and and it started from very much a a missional perspective where we said there is something that is deeply broken that needs to be fixed. And can we build a team and, and help establish a culture to, to fix it? And you're so right. There are so many times where it's unbelievably difficult, uh, far beyond anything that I had ever experienced. And if you don't have that, you know, sort of burning desire, um, there's no way to, to, to stick it out and, and to grow. But um, I want to sort of before we wrap and I want to be really respectful of everybody's time, Jimmy, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, if you can share with our listeners how they can engage with you, how they can learn more about what what you're doing. It sounds like such a strong value proposition for both franchisees and franchisors. Um, and what you guys are doing is is really unique and not to overuse the word democratize, which I think can be overused. It sounds like you really are sort of democratizing franchise opportunities. So how would you encourage our listeners if they're looking, you know, in, either interested in uh, either side of that that equation or, or just connecting with you? Um, how do you encourage our listeners to do so? Sure. So um, two things. One, the, the platform is franchise123.com. We also have a book, uh, Your Comprehensive Guide to uh, Franchise Success. And the both of those tools are intended to allow you to see the full landscape of, of franchising. Uh, the The thesis around what we created there was we wanted to create a, a multi-sided platform where franchisees could see franchise opportunities and see all of them. And mm-hmm. we wanted to create a platform where franchisors could gain access to more highly qualified opportunities for people who would look at buying a franchise of theirs. And life started to take on, it started to take on a life of, of its own. The best way to describe what it is, is it would be like what the real estate market was like before Zillow existed. And hmm. what that really meant was when you would say move, you're moving to a new city, you call an agent, the agent shows up and meets you, they hand you a binder with you know five to 15 houses in there. And that's really your market research. You're at the mercy right. of that. 
person. That's where franchise sales is right now. You call a broker, they've got five to 15 companies in their portfolio. They're going to push you towards one of them because they happen to just be the perfect fit for you. And we're trying to help people understand, you know, there's a bigger landscape out there. And then we are building out these, I think, these incredible tools for to enable franchisors to sell. So what this platform is now, in addition to being like a Zillow for franchising, we have access to everything. You can actually go through the full research process and buy a franchise online. So we've essentially mm-hmm. started to digitize this um, this buying process, and we're just because of that, we're making buying a franchise just just more accessible. Um, so yeah, so franchise one two three dot com. Um, it's great. You know, we've got uh, about four hundred thousand users on there now, and it's starting to to grow wow. pretty rapidly, and we're really proud of it. It's a kind of a you know, it's a mission driven platform our goal there just to connect people and um we know it'll be very successful and we've gotten a lot of great feedback on it so i'd love to hear feedback from your users as well or from your listeners as well yeah that's awesome and we'll definitely put all of your contact information in the site in our show notes so all the listeners can can connect with you and learn more about your organization i think as a as a little bit of a you know a favor to our new leaders we we actually at teams global uh, our online learning uh, course uh, company, we've created a course for new leaders, right? And and we all know as on this call, it, being a new leader is, is a unique challenge, right? You're trying to shift from being an individual contributor into leading a team. And, and to your point, Jimmy, helping others be successful, helping others be successful becomes your your mission. So what would, you know, as we wrap up, I would just love to hear your advice for for new leaders. Like what what would you say if you were sitting down with a new leader in terms of how they would think about being successful and and tips or or insights that you would share with somebody as as we wrap up i just it's always nice for for our our listeners to get advice from experienced leaders sure so i think um maybe two points one's around passion and one's around you know work ethic so i think from a passion perspective just get involved in something that you can get behind and that you really believe in and that you're proud of um that's when you get to go home to your friends or whomever and brag about what you do. And it just, it's exciting. It becomes really, then when you're passionate about it, it becomes kind of core to who you are. You talk to your friends about it, you talk to your family about it, you get feedback. It's just, it becomes fun for you. So I think really just try to get behind something um, that you can enjoy. And then from a work ethic perspective, I did this interview about 10 years ago and I didn't know this would stick, but it was um, give one more minute each day. And right. So collectively over the course of over the year, you're giving, you know, six more hours of, of something that's important to you. So if you're sitting down and you're ready to close the book or you're doing a little research or you aren't sure if you want to respond to that last email, just, just do it. And, you know, cumulatively over the course of, of the year you're you know, you're getting six more hours of work in but what you're really doing is you're just creating more opportunity and more time for yourself um, so that's kind of it I try to kind of keep things as simple as possible and say you know to find something you can get behind and just give a little bit more every day yeah that's fantastic well uh, I think with that um, again we want to be respectful of, of everybody's time but um, just really appreciate everybody who's who's tuning in um, for doing so, uh, this is such a, a unique and, and cool podcast that Tracy and I have the opportunity to, to get to do. Uh, and Jimmy, man, it is so good to, to meet you, uh, to hear about your story. I think there's so many things that, uh, our listeners can, uh, can pull from that both the, uh, you know, sort of that general advice that you give to, uh, to leaders. But I think your story of 
perseverance of grit and and the emphasis that you place on culture building and hiring people because they're aligned with the mission and they're good at what they do and there's so many things from this that you know we could probably do you know, 10 different deep dive podcasts on each of those themes. Uh, and, and we don't have time to do that, obviously, but really, really enjoyed this conversation and I'm um, looking forward to staying in touch. I, I think this is a, a great connection and and we're really excited for what you're building and, and to see you build out a Zillow-like platform for the franchise world. It's such a cool mission. And I think you're, you know, the, the view to build, to help lots more people work towards that American dream is such a impactful thing and creating economic opportunities. So really, really wish you and the team the best. And uh, yeah, just confident that that you're going to turn it into something really, really exceptional. So appreciate thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for the kind words. It's really been great getting to know you guys and looking forward to, to tuning in on all your future shows as well. And if I have the chance to come back, I'd love to do it. And you guys are really great. And um, congrats on all your success also. I really appreciate the time. Yeah, no, thank you, Jimmy. We really appreciate the time and appreciate you just sharing such a, an open view of your background and, and the candidness. But again, thank you to all of our listeners. We will obviously see you next week. Um, and if you have any follow-up questions for us or for Jimmy, you can always use the hashtag AskTeams, A-S-K-T-E-A-M-E-S. We'll obviously pass your questions along to Jimmy and uh, always love the dialogue we get to have with our listeners. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. We'll uh, see you next week. Thank you, guys. You've been listening to Building Teams with Teams & Co. To learn more about the latest thinking on how to empower your team to deliver exceptional results or to book a consultation, please visit us at teamsandco.com or follow us at LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook. Mention of particular products or services and participation of a guest does not imply an endorsement by Teams & Co. The information provided is for educational and entertainment purposes and should not be taken as professional advice.